Hello, everyone. Welcome to Screen Scream. I'm Viola. I don't have a specific topic for today's show, but I will continue to introduce great movies. Without further ado, let's listen to the introduction of the first new movie we're going to talk about today. Billy Elliot. 1984, in the coal mining village of Avrington, Durham County, Northeast England, the only life the Elliots have known is working in the mine. Current family patriarch, widowed Jackie Elliot, and his elder son Tony Elliot work in the mine, and Jackie's younger son, 11-year-old Billy Elliot, will probably take his place alongside his father and brother when the time comes. However, Jackie, Tony, and their fellow miners are currently in a better labor dispute, with the mine still operating with scab labor, which is prolonging the strike, since the company has no reason to give in to the wage demand. With the strike for most on Jackie and Tony's mind, Billy is left largely to his own devices. His father giving him fifty pence. For the community boxing class down at the boys' club, when Billy is not at home looking after his grandma, who has early stage Alzheimer's, learning how to box is another of the activities passed down along the male lineage of the Elliot family. However, Billy doesn't much like it and isn't very good at it. Instead, more interested in the movement put to music in the form of the girls' ballet class held on the other side of the gym by chain-smoking Mrs. Wilkinson. Soon, Billy has ditched the boxing, instead secretly attending the ballet class with Mrs. Wilkinson's blessing. She can see that Billy not only has natural talent but passion, unlike most of the girls in the class. So much so that she believes he may have a real shot at making it into the Royal Ballet School. However, Billy has to decide whether this path is one he wants to take, especially as it means coming clean to his family. Jackie and Tony, who may feel emasculated in the process, especially if their minor friends find out, and especially in Billy's destiny as a coal miner himself. Billy's involvement in the ballet may tear the family apart in ways he didn't imagine, but Billy may get guidance in following his dreams regardless of the views of others. By his best friend Michael Caffrey, and the letter Billy's mother wrote him before she died. I've been thinking of the Royal Ballet School. The first new movie we're going to talk about today is Billy Elliot. Actually, it's not a new movie, but a classic re-release. It's a movie that was released in 2000. It even got nominated to the 2001, which is the 73rd Oscar awards for many awards, including Best Director, Best Original Screenplay, and Best Actress in a Supporting Role. I've seen this movie many times myself. I forget whether they're all on TV or it's when I went to some film festivals or what. I've seen it many times anyway. As we heard in the introduction, that the story is about an 11-year-old boy creates his own life through ballet. His family members started from disguise, and then they probably ignore him, and then they support him. The process is not easy at all, and it's pretty tear-driven. Jamie Bell, the protagonist, even got the Best Actor at the British Oscar Awards. 
And since the plot is related to ballet, it's a kind of dancing. So the director used a lot of music, actually a lot kinds of music, different kinds of music with some impromptu dancing moves. These are something that are very worth watching. In the core message of the movie Billy Elliot is that there's someone waiting to be discovered in everyone's heart. I don't know if you have this feeling that sometimes you will feel, oh, I'm destined to do something different. It's just that nobody understands me. I think everyone more or less gets this feeling from time to time. Maybe we don't dare to share with others because of pressures we get from society, from family, or whatever reason you just don't want to share that part of yourself to others. But deeply in our heart, we hope that part of us can be seen as well. And that's the most important lesson we can learn from Billy Elliot. If you've never seen this classic movie, you get to watch it on the big screen if you live in Taiwan because it's re-released in Taiwan this weekend. Now let's listen to the introduction of the second new movie we're going to talk about today. In Broad Daylight Based on true events, In Broad Daylight reveals a little known truth about residential care homes for the disabled that hides beneath the headlines. A news organization's investigative journalism unit receives a tip about the abuse of residents in Rainbow Bridge Care Home. To expose the home's wrongdoings, reporter Kay goes undercover to expose the inhumanity inside, searching for the cruel truth under broad daylight. The second new movie we're going to talk about today is a movie from China. It got nominated at the 60th Golden Horse Awards for five different awards, including the best actress in a leading role. It was also the opening film for the 20th Hong Kong Asian Film Festival. The whole crew is amazing, including the producer, the scriptwriter, and the director, and all the actors and actresses are awesome. Although it's a movie from China, Actually, it's a real story in 2016. It happened in Hong Kong. At the time, whole Hong Kong was surprised by the news coverage of this care home's dark history. People were angry at the time, and this movie in broad daylight is based on that true story. The leading actress, Yu Xiangning, was nominated as the Best Supporting Actress at the Golden Horse Awards last year. And this time, she's even better. She got nominated as the Best Leading Actress at the Golden Horse Awards with the role of the journalist, who's going to unveil the inhumane truth of the care home. When I read the introduction of this movie, it reminds me of a Taiwanese movie that was released not long time ago. It was released in 2020. It's about raping at a school for the hearing impaired. Not that what's happened in the care home in the movie in broad daylight is okay. I just want to say that what happened to the hearing impaired students were even more horrible because they know exactly what happened. But also, for students at the care home, 
just because they don't really understand what happened, gives the bad people a good reason to abuse them or even violate their free will. And when this kind of movie is based on true story, it's really heartbroken. It's the Golden Horse Award Film Festival right now. So if you're interested in this Chinese movie, you can go watch it and see if it gets the awards at the Golden Horse Award. Before we move on to Top 007 and talk about more good movies, let's review what we had from last week first. Top 3 was Killers of the Flower Moon. Top 2, Five Nights at Freddy's. And Top 1, Taylor Swift, The Eros Tour. I would say there's a few new faces on the chart this week, and we're going to talk about at least one of them. Let's listen to Top 7 to Top 4. Top 5, My Shining Priscilla. Yeah. Why my daughter? Well, sir, I happen to be very fond of your daughter. She's much more mature than her age. Top four. The boy and the heron. <laughs> okay, there are only three movies from top seven to top four this week. So it seems that it's a little bit crowded from top three to top one. How about let's go through all the movies on the chart from top 5 to top 4. First of all, My Shiny World. If you are a K-pop lover, when you hear the name of this movie, you may connect it with the boy group, Shiny. And yes, it's the concert documentary of Shiny. Well, they're not as famous as BTS, but if you like them, Maybe you will consider going to watch their concert movie. The other top five, Priscilla, is also related to music. Why is that? Because this Priscilla is the lover of the legendary Elvis Presley. I don't know why, but it seems that no publisher in Taiwan is interested in release this movie here. So if you live in Taiwan and you want to watch Priscilla, I'm sorry, but you might have to wait until it's on streaming services or when it's on TV. But it's really a good one if you like Elvis Presley. Last but not least, top 4, The Boy and the Heron. This is its 6th week on the chart. I would say it's something. Obviously, audience around the world, everywhere basically, is interested in Ghibli's latest work. Especially because it's possible that as the director himself's last work, he's old after all. It's possible that he's going to retire for good this time. So if you like Ghibli, you can go watch The Boy and the Heron. It's released in Taiwan and North America as well. And I would say it's probably one of the only great animation released recently. So if you're an animation lover, don't miss it. And it's time for us to move on to top 3 to top 1. Top 3. The Marvels. This is just the beginning. Top 2. Five Nights at Freddy's. this is Mike. I was just calling to see if that job that you offered was still available. Yes. Killers of the Flower Moon. Money flows freely here now. I do love that money, sir. <laughs> <laughs> top 1. 
Taylor Swift, the E-Rock This has been the most extraordinary experience of my entire life. Yes, indeed, it's a little bit crowded, but it's alright. I've been talking about Killers of the Flower Moon the past weeks, but today I want to talk about something else, especially because I'm a Marvel lover. If there's a Marvel movie on chart, how can I not talk about it? It's the Marvels. Well, you may say, oh, it's not critically acclaimed, it's really bad. Um, I watched it right after I got back from Japan. I would say, mm, it's not good, you're right, it's not as good as previous Marvel movies, but it's not bad. I gave it 6.2. Yeah, my recommendation was six stars. So I would say it didn't fail, but it's not brilliant. But that's also the reason why I want to talk about it today. First of all, the name, the title of the movie is called The Marvels. It's totally different from the Mandarin translation. Well, it's not translation, it's usually naming by the publisher. So in Mandarin, it actually says Captain Marvel 2, but the English title is The Marvels. So there's no specific protagonist in this movie, actually. It's not only about Captain Marvel, it's about The Marvels, which is a small team. First of all, there's this complicated relationship between Monica Rambeau and Captain Marvel. Remember, if you've seen Captain Marvel you will know that when Carol Danvers came back to Earth, she told Monica, at the time the little girl, that she would be back before she even noticed. However, she never came back. And now Monica's grown up working for, well, it's not S.H.I.E.L.D. anymore, but anyway, the, the, the organization. And now they're going to reunite with each other in the Marvels. The other part is about Miss Marvel. Miss Marvel sees Captain Marvel as her idol. So we get to experience the redemption and self-forgiveness of Captain Marvel in this movie with Miss Marvel. And in this movie, we get to redefine hero. For the director, Batman or Superman in DC Comics all have a common trait. That is their power equals to their pain. And Captain Marvel is no exception. In this movie, the audience would be able to see how she carries emotional burden and how she sacrifices herself for the character and the images she represents. However, the downside, I would say, except Captain Marvel, the other two main characters, Adventure Story or their warm-up debut, appeared in the TV series on Disney+. Plus. So for audience who only watch Marvel movies on the big screen, they don't follow Disney+, Plus, don't follow the TV series. It might be a little bit difficult for them to get to know these other characters. But all in all, I would say if you're a Marvel lover, the Marvels wouldn't disappoint you. It's just not a wow movie. And I'm pretty sure it will stay on chart, so we will have more chances in the future weeks to talk about it. But I need to say goodbye for now. Let's meet again on air next week.
I'm Viola. Bye bye.